I only get the Monday, but at least Saturday and Sunday, while it is eventful, it's not work. Nice. <laughs> Which Solid. is, well, it's mostly not work. I have like one thing to do for work. Uh, which is to, like, submit a Facebook ad so it can be reviewed and go out on Monday. Oh, I see. Okay. Are you going to get paid overtime for, no. for working out of hours? No, but it's such a it's it's a pretty simple thing. I'm not too fussed about it. That's how they start. I know, they, right? They put their foot in the door with a small task, and then they and then they progressively get more and more demanding. Josh, you got to push back. Well, it's still early days. Well, to be fair, this is not something that they had forced upon me. Uh, <laughs> it's just something that I had sort of like. It's the easiest. It's the path of least resistance for me. Which yep. I think it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, yep. like the the rest of my week has been pretty packed out. Damn. Like. Well, I guess we can we can just jump right into it because yes. we have completely foregone any sort of intro at this point. I know. Welcome <laughs> to episode twenty seven. Wait, as I quickly scroll, yeah, twenty seven. <laughs> twenty seven. Yeah. First time's a try. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to episode twenty-seven of Vibe at Four AM, where I am dead from since the last episode. <laughs> Dude, I'm so busy. I just want to rest. I actually have thought about just taking leave for its intended purpose for once. Have you taken leave not for its intended purpose? As in, I feel like most people take leave because it's uh, it's like to go on holiday or like other things come up. And it's, like, very structured around a thing that they want to do. Uh-huh. I just want to take leave so I can sit at home for, like, three days <laughs> and do nothing. I mean, that's fair enough. I feel like you deserve that. That's what I'm saying. Because I'm, like, dude, I'm so tired. <laughs> I think it's also because I've been, like, going pretty hard on, uh, on like, getting at least some some threshold of physical activity in my everyday like regiment mm-hmm. but man it's like i get up i go to the gym <clears throat> excuse me i go to the gym in the morning mm-hmm. and then i've got work from monday to friday and even this past week it's been like i've had either to go to the gym again in the evening to take gia because she's uh, not going to go in the morning and i i don't get a great workout in if it's after work so mm-hmm. i just go again uh we went to Vivid one of the one of the days, mm-hmm. uh, which was for her great, for me just Vivid. <laughs> um, Every Sydney locals perspective ever. Yep, and then caught up with AJ. Mm-hmm. And just been yeah, just been out, man. Damn, how was how is um. Has she been to Vivid before, or is this her first time? No, first time. What were her thoughts about it as a creative-minded person? I think she enjoyed it, just, like, visually. Uh, (laughs) And some I think she enjoyed more of the, like, installation works rather than the actual, like, projections of light. So Uh, the installations being, like, the, the, like, light structures that they've mm -hmm. made rather than the projections on buildings Mm -hmm. or the projections on the opera house. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Uh, so overall, I think she had a good time. 
but I think after you see it for the first time, it the novelty sort of wears off. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I went to Vivid last year for the first time, and it was, I think, everyone's consensus was that it was the worst Vivid. Oh, unlucky. Um, probably also because, I don't know, was it, I think it was the first one that was coming out of COVID, and then so maybe... I don't know maybe it was rushed or whatever but also I didn't get a lot of time to go there but I have a friend at the clinic who says that Vivid is her favorite quote-unquote holiday of the year because she actually enjoys looking at all the different light exhibitions and so she sent me a photo um, some photos of all her favorite exhibits over the years and some of them kind of look um, like team labs you know the light yeah. art exhibit in in Japan. Japan. Yeah, they they kind of look like that. So I was I, I don't know. I've heard mixed feelings about this year, but um well I'm keen to see how it's different. I I think the part of why that doesn't really appeal to me is because already the idea of team labs also does not really appeal to me. Really? And so yeah yeah. Cause I'm like not that into it. <laughs> Breaking all the all um the in- Instagram influencer and aesthetic photography people's hearts. Yeah, I think I think I've realized that I just don't really care about that. Or maybe I'm doing like a uh, I've like come back around in the loop. So I used to be before, right? I used to care zero about uh like appearances i guess mm-hmm. i just sort of would do the most functional thing mm-hmm. and then there was a period of time i sort of gradually leaned more into oh appearances are everything it's like really cool to be interested in it and like have things that are visually interesting uh-huh. and then i've just come back around and being like i don't care enough about i i just don't think it's like interesting enough to me to at like team lab specifically i don't think it's interesting mm-hmm. enough to me as an experience for me to like be really excited about it at all mm. okay. i get that i get that other people can appreciate it and other people like want to have their instagram moment but i yeah it's it's sort of just like a it it only uh my my understanding of it is that it only feeds like pretty pictures and mm-hmm. i've sort of realized over the years i'm not that interested in taking pretty pictures mm. yeah that's fair it's fair yeah. enough mm, okay um well i don't know i'm just i'm still keen to see how vivid is i guess it's always like everyone as a sydney as a Sydney local, quote unquote, everyone kind of just hates on Sydney, and then That's so true. things things that come up, you know, as for example, vivid. I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head, but anything that happens in Sydney, it's just like, oh my god, we live such a hard life. Everything sucks here. Mm, Whereas, okay. like, I, yeah, 
<laughs> Whereas, like, if you go to other places, then it's like, ah, oh, you know what? It's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, I think with Vivid particularly, I've just gone to it enough times for me to, like, I know the beats of, like, what to expect mm-hmm. uh, everywhere I go. Because, like, we went to Darling Harbour, we saw what was there, we went to Circular Key, we saw what's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, it's just, it's sort of like how you have described Blackpink songs, where it's like the same, it's the same flavor, but just like you've done it a different way. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of, yeah, I can kind of see if you've been exposed to it for a while, that it's kind of boring. But I guess it's just like, because I went overseas recently to New Zealand and so I was, uh, what's the word? Um, subconsciously trying to make comparisons between it, being like, oh, you know, what was my life like when I was living here versus now living in Australia? And so I just feel like New Zealand is a very chill, relaxing place, but there's also not a lot of things going on there. So it's more suitable for people that are just, you know, they don't want to live a really busy life. You know, they want to live in um, in very chill, in a very chill lifestyle. Don't really care if there's nothing much going on. But I would imagine that a lot of young people would want to go to a city that's more accessible to international opportunities or stuff like that. So that's why I was like, yes, I can understand the people in Sydney. They're like, oh, you know, Sydney gets nothing. Uh, you know, they don't get the same things as the US does or, you know, all these events that we have, like Vivid or very boring, etc. But then also <laughs> imagine what you get in New Zealand, which is, you know, a very small fraction of that. Yeah, I guess it's it's different, though. Like, I think that the argument is it feels more like living versus visiting. Because I feel like, in my mind, visiting New Zealand sounds great. Because I've been to New Zealand once before, and, mm-hmm. like, being able to travel between cities and go sightseeing particularly, uh, it, like, New Zealand's a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. And so that experience is probably different to living in the city, or living in New Zealand, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, for long term. Like, it's, how do I put it? It just feels like when you're living in a city that there's less to do in that particular city because mm-hmm. you're just, like, exposed to everything so constantly and it mm-hmm. just feels like a part of everyday life. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as much as I love to rag on Sydney, as long as, as much as I think a lot of Sydney siders love to rag on Sydney, this, our city's pretty good, all things considered. Well, that's that's kind of the point that I was trying to make is that people rag on Sydney and sometimes I can't really tell like I'm not saying that Australia or Sydney in particular is a perfect place I'm just saying that sometimes when people complain about it they kind of yes there are other places that maybe in their eyes are better but it's also just like you know oh, it's I not see. a bad place to live yeah 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 I see is yeah. Sydney a good place to visit Hmm. If if like an American citizen wanted to travel to Australia 
should they come to Sydney? Personally, I don't feel like Sydney seems very exciting to visit. Where would you tell them to go? That's the thing. It's kind of... I kind of had the same ideas like when we when we went to Auckland the most we did was walk around the city and then eventually it's there's not much left to do. So I think if you come to Sydney, I think you'd probably just need like 2 days to walk if any at most probably 2 days to walk around the city cuz people want to go see the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House and eat some trendy places that they saw on TikTok. But then I think after that, you probably maybe you'd want to get out of the city area. Are you talking about specifically the CBD? Yeah. I see. Yeah. Because I feel like Sydney is also organized in a particular way where if you are, for instance, you know how suburbs have a particular demographic of people that tend to live in that place or have businesses in that place right for example um strathfield has a lot of korean places there burwood has a lot of chinese asian places there so if you wanted to go eat a particular cuisine then you would have to then travel outwards to go and uh have more of those places available for you but then um i don't know if public transport it's not bad but it's also not the best i think for tourists to go out there unless they drove and were were willing to rent a car yeah sydney yeah you probably would need to rent a car i think it would make it a lot more convenient it's not like a walkable area yeah i think only cbd is walkable and anywhere out of that is I mean, yeah, like Greater Greater Sydney, you'll you'll need a car. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's all like walkable. PT is kind of questionable at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I have mixed feelings because if, if I think about if someone was coming that I knew was coming to Sydney, where would I take them? I don't really know. I mean, I myself resort to tiktok to tell me things to do in sydney this is true <laughs> uh, like there's a, there's probably like okay i take them to ice kieran bar and the and the t is it ts express the tea shop in town oh Hall. yeah and um you we can get off at circular key and you can stare at the harbour bridge and the opera house both in one go and you don't have to walk there and uh that's all I got off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, I feel like there's there's some things to do. I think it depends on how generous you are uh, in expanding, like, the area of Sydney. Because, mm-hmm. like, let's say if someone, uh, like, an international uh, person... What's the word? A tourist. <laughs> like a tur- let's say a tourist comes to Sydney, mm-hmm. but like like they can come to Sydney, but then like you could take them to say the Blue Mountains. Mm. It's but it's like not part of Sydney, but it's and not it's close enough in the general vicinity that it's like part of the experience of going to that major city. 
Mm, I guess so. I mean, because all I remember about the Blue Mountains is just you ride. Is there a cable car that brings you past the Three Sister rock formation? I believe so. Because when people say, oh, we're going to the Blue Mountains for a road trip, for example, or we're going to visit. And I've been there once, but that's all I remember is the cable car trip past the the rock formation. So I don't really know what else there is to do there. I think it's more of, there's like caves that you can walk with, like Janolan caves. There's like, I think it's just for hiking. Oh, I see. Or a lot of it is hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's still like so interesting enough that it takes a day up if you're going on a holiday here mm. i mean i guess it depends on what type of holiday people want because some people are the i would like to sightsee um other people are i would i am more interested in the nature side of which australia does have things to offer in that realm if you're willing to travel a little bit or some people are just here to fully relax and shop i think if you're in the camp of nature you would just have to travel a bit to get there just out of the city you can go to like um i don't know there's i don't go hiking but you can go to the mountains or there's like the um what is it called the royal national park oh yeah that's the thing um so there's a few things to offer there if you're wanting to sightsee I don't know if there's a lot of sights to see. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't it, think of many. Yeah. So I don't think that is it. If you're for shopping, maybe, but I don't think we're we're like a place that you need to need to especially shop. Like there's a lot of exclusive things that you can only buy here because it's a multicultural city, so they try and get in a lot of international brands. Um and I don't know if there's a lot of or as many Australian well-known brands that people would shop here in person. Mm. So probably mostly the, the nature-y aspect would be the most appealing, I think. If um, Yeah, it would be probably the most appealing. I don't know. That's that's why I'm not I'm not a nature person, so that's why I struggle. <laughs> we hate to... touching grass. <laughs> well, like I don't go hiking or I don't like we like me and my family we haven't gone to like for example Port Macquarie and all those right. types of things or what's the other place that people Nelson Nelson's is... Bay yeah Nelson's Bay or we haven't gone to like um what's the other one what's the one up north. Um, uh, Byron's Bay. I don't know if that's north. Um, that's a... Not necessarily. I think it's uh, what is it? Is it a bay? <laughs> no, it's not a bay. It's just like a place that people go to for road trips. Uh, like I think north? you guys went road trip. Up Gosford. North. Yes, that's the one. Like in that area. Right. Like you just go up north, really far away from the main area like i've never been to places like that so i can't i can't say what type of activities are outside of the general 
Sydney area. Well, if I may, having been to Gosford once, it's not that much different. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's almost as if, like, imagine going on a school camp. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but you're just an adult. And so you get to do the adult versions of the school activities. But is there not like um like Chow was t- talking about like treetops and yeah, so but I think activities like, like tree that. Treetops is it's just like an extension of like I could foresee kids doing that. Mm-hmm. Like you you get a bunch of high schoolers, you take them on a trip, and then they're like, all right, here's a fun activity. You just like harness yourself to a bunch of ropes and then walk along walk along these cables on top of the trees. Mm-hmm. Which is like it's a fun activity, and it's I guess it can be unique, uh, but it's like it's not. I think everything about those areas is not super significantly different to how like a, maybe a Sydney suburb would be. Mm, I see. Like yeah. uh, like Byron's Bay or Bayman's Bay, it's like. It's a nice area. It's, the beach is great. You can go like kayaking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a very peaceful area and it's very, it's beautiful. But it is also like, it's maybe I'm just very, not jaded. Jaded is not the right word, but I'm like, I'm like too jaded about <laughs> the greatest city. Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I, I guess that's fair. But, I mean, maybe that comes to the point of we don't really know what to whether Sydney is like a great place to visit. Yeah, I think it's hard for us to say having lived in the city because I feel like I could say great things about other Australian cities, but the locals of those cities probably just don't care. Like, for example, I really enjoyed going to Tasmania. Mm-hmm. I thought going to Tasmania is like such a such a lovely place, and it's great for doing hikes and mm-hmm. like going on long long drives around the little island. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great. But people who are like locals to Hobart or locals to Launceston probably don't care. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, because I I don't think I could live. I think I've gotten too used to the one of the main cities of a country vibe <laughs> that I don't know if I could live in anywhere other than Sydney and Melbourne. Have you ever been to Melbourne? I've been once. I've never been. I really want to go. Are you planning to organize a trip to go? Maybe. If Maybe. I I it's one of the things that's on my bucket list. Oh, okay. Cuz I I've heard so many good things about, uh, like, the food there, and just mm-hmm. particularly the, like, mm, the the culture around it of being more artsy, more, like, for young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems, um, it seems as though they have a very chill, artsy vibe. That is what I'm getting. I mean, my, my thoughts about it was Newtown, but it's... But a whole city. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see that. Uh, I am going. I think. Oh, we have plans to go later in the year because um we 
are planning to go on the Disney cruise ship from Sydney to Melbourne and then get off at Melbourne and fly back up to Sydney. So we thought spend a couple of days there and so i've just been saving tiktoks from (laughs) (laughs) that are melbourne activity based mostly food i think that's how it all starts that's always where it starts Mm -hmm. wait what is this disney cruise uh so so it's um i mean it's basically just a a cruise ship that is themed all in disney so they have um various restaurants inside that are i think the boat that i that we're going on one of them is based after um the little mermaid um another is based off princess and the frog um they have like um it's just is that's basically it it's just a disney themed cruise ship and why why have you decided to go on this do you, okay, uh, okay first question yes did you I don't know how else to what did, else to explain about it. Did you did you get like a voucher for this, like a discount? Uh no. So the reason why is because um my mom she's always wanted to go on a cruise vacation, but uh, I am not particularly interested in going on a cruise, especially right. for a long period of time because I think that I would eventually just get bored. I'm also of the age now where I don't fit in with the adult activities particularly if I go by myself um and I'm also not young enough to partake in the in the teenage activities which I hear is the highlight according to you know high school friends experiences is where they you know meet new people and hang out and do stuff so so I was like "Mm, don't doesn't really sound all that exciting because initially my mom she wanted to do a cruise from sydney to to new zealand and so it's quite a long cruise yeah and so i was like "Mm, i don't know about that and then so i saw on youtube that they that in america they had a disney cruise and they would just go between cities or sometimes like from like some certain states to alaska or to Hawaii and it seemed pretty cool like you know I feel anytime something that I'm already kind of meh about gets a gets themed in a thing that I am quite interested I am more inclined to go for it and so they started opening routes of um uh Australia and New Zealand I think um so they're bringing the cruise ship here and you can go either between different cities or I think you can go to New Zealand. Um, and I think next year, maybe they're opening routes from Australia to Hawaii as well. So, wow. Yeah. Damn. That's a long cruise. Oh, so, that's that's a long trip. I know. I know. So obviously we will not be doing the major trips because that is already quite expensive. I was like, you know what? It's like a two, three day cruise. I think that's enough experience. Yeah, Plus, it's reasonable. already it's already themed under Disney. I will. I think this will be an appropriate cruise that I can I can gel with. So that is how we decided on that. I see. I think that's good. That like a couple of days sounds to me like the soft uh, the sweet spot. Yeah. Because. Yep. I remember I went on a cruise when I was really young with my mm-hmm. grandparents. Uh, 
And as a child, it's great. It's a great time. You mm-hmm. get free food. That's at as a child, great. As an adult, probably pretty mid. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you get like access to the arcade. On our one, there was like a uh, you know those like big chess pieces with the big chess board. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So we we had that. I think I met a friend there. Don't remember his see? name. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. I was like, see, this is where everyone makes cruise friends. I I made friends for the cruise and then I forgot about him completely <laughs> after. Damn. Um, also, one part about being on a on a ship for too long, uh, when you're not used to being on a ship for too long, is you get seasick. Oh, and yeah. It's very unpleasant when you get seasick. Oh no! And did you also, get seasick? Yes. So <laughs> I w- It was me, my brother, and my grandparents. Oof. And uh, not only is it unpleasant if you get seasick, it's unpleasant when someone you know gets seasick, because if anyone throws up, that's just—it's just over. There's <laughs> no getting rid of the smell. It's oh, just like no. everyone's having a terrible time. Like someone's got to clean it up. Oh, that sounds awful. Ugh. It was, it was, I think after, after like a week on a boat and you're just not feeling right and it all comes out, all of that mid cruise food stuff <laughs> comes out the wrong end. <laughs> oh, damn. So, that sounds like a not fun time. So two to three days, I think you'll be fine. Okay. I think you'll be great. Okay, um, if I do get seasick, well, hopefully I'll be on land <laughs> at that point. That's just regular sick. <laughs> I got my sea legs still just wobbling about. Hmm. Okay, well. So when, is, when is the cruise? It is in, uh, I think, November. Something oh, like. I see. Yeah. That's quite, quite late in the year. Yeah, you had to book quite early as well i think it was probably almost a year in advance that's when they started opening it they did have they did have cruises closer um so probably end of last year but they just weren't on the routes that we wanted specifically so it yep. had to be the um the following year which is now this year fair, fair. yeah so pretty keen for that um but yeah, is there anything in particular in Melbourne that you wanted to do? Or... Dude, I just want to try the food. Uh-oh. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I'm really into food right now. You should see my TikTok. <laughs> it's oh bad. God, I couldn't tell. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Especially when you're going on a intense diet and exercise regime. Okay, so the diet is kind of what started it. But now that I'm on just cooking TikTok, Mm-hmm. I have a new goal for the year. Okay. And it's to, like, have... so it Well, not for the year, but just, like, a new aspiration to work towards. And mm-hmm. it's to invite small groups of friends to host a dinner party for them. To, like, mm-hmm. to like serve my friends, uh, like, a three-course meal. Oh, damn. Of not, not a well-made three-course meal, just a three-course <laughs> meal. <laughs> But this is a very adult activity. I know, but it's like, it just, something about it is really sparked an interest in me. And I really want to like, 
get in the kitchen and be able to like create yummy food for people. And this is how your journey to become a contestant on My Kitchen Rules begins. This this might be the start of it. <laughs> I'll be seeing you on TV in a, in a in a year's time. See me on Channel Seven. Is it Channel Seven? Channel... I have no idea. I don't watch. See TV. me on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See me on cable television, <laughs> where I'm making just kind of okay food. <laughs> But is is there like um is it just any cuisine or like a specific cuisine that you want to hone or right now so my first I have like a a draft menu uh, mm-hmm. that I have created that is Chinese cuisine mm-hmm. uh, but then I will probably try to expand out beyond that mm. I just think the act maybe maybe TikTok has rotted my brain into thinking that cooking is like a lot more of a uh, a fun activity than it actually is but i don't mind it uh so far mm-hmm. i mean cooking is fun i just think that the for me i like the cooking part the most it's the prep work and the cleaning up that i find a bit well the prep work i find a bit mundane but it's fine i can just pop on a youtube video and whatever but it's the cleaning that i dislike the most that I'm just, I, yeah. the cleaning is is by far the most annoying mm-hmm. and like but, i can't even complain that much because we actually use the dishwasher in our household but still <laughs> it's just <laughs> i kind of know what you mean <laughs> even putting it in a dishwasher is kind of a task in and of itself <laughs> <laughs> Which is like such, such a first world problem. <laughs> I also couldn't tell at first if you were being sarcastic. Or no, not. dude. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Sunday, is Josh making fun of me? <laughs> no, it's for real. Because every Sunday we have our dishwasher as well. Every Sunday, uh, we only get to use the dishwasher on Sunday. So mm. every Sunday, my brother and I alternate weeks that we have to put the dishes in. Mm-hmm. But I think what has ruined that is that when we know it's the other person's week, mm-hmm. we will do our best to create the most dishes possible. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it just becomes another inefficient chore. <laughs> is it, like, to spite the yes. other person? Oh, oh okay. it's very spiteful. But <laughs> it's, it's, like, created more of a problem than, it, like, the dishwasher has provided as a solution. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because it'll, it'll be like my mom creates, uh, well, my mom cooks, like, a bunch of food for, like, Sunday dinner to share. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, like, eat some of it, but there'll be some left over. And then if it's my brother's turn to put it in the dishwasher, I'll be like, oh, that, that food can be put into a smaller bowl. <laughs> oh, this one, we could take it out of the pot. We could, oh, I'll finish that. Like, we just create more dishes. <laughs> and then it's, uh, it's, it's just, like, we've defeated the whole purpose of having it. Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, we we use a dishwasher at particular times of the day because I think our electricity has peak and off-peak times and yep. that dictates the price of the electricity and such. So, so in the middle of the day, we don't turn on the t- dishwasher. Usually we just turn it on 
at night. So if I make lunch, for example, I have all these pots that, for instance, if I make instant noodles, I have a pot and I put the pot in the dishwasher. I'm like, cool, I don't have to wash this pot because there's nothing in the dishwasher yet. I put the pot in and then eventually someone will turn on the dishwasher and I don't have to do anything. But then sometimes it's my turn at dinner time to clean the dishes and then lo and behold there's that pot that I didn't wash earlier and now because there's all the dinner dishes I have to put in first and the pot is taking up too much space I ended up having to clean the pot anyways oh I see yeah and then there's also just some annoying (sighs) the dishwasher rack is sometimes infuriating because I'll put the dishes in but then like I know there's space to put in another one but it's just so awkwardly, it's too close together. But I'm like, no, but if I just put it over in the next one, there's too much space, so it feels unoptimized. And then bowls are annoying because then you have to try and stack them on top I of hate, each other. I, and it's just, I hate bowls. Oh, <laughs> it's just all that wasted space in the oh, bowl that I just uh, imagine of how much like things you can just put inside. But you can't because of the rack. Yeah, yeah. okay. This is the other thing that kind of infuriates me about uh, the dishwasher that we have. Like, dishwasher racks in particular is because we have bowls that are, like, very... <laughs> it sounds really dumb, but, like, very, <laughs> I don't know, spherical? Like, very mm-hmm. round, where it's, like, it's almost... Uh, the walls almost end up vertical, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yep. And so those don't don't go well into the, the dishwasher rack. Uh, so, so I'm always playing this game of if I put a bowl too close to another bowl, the water can't get to the inside of uh, the first yeah. bowl. So mm-hmm. I just have to hand wash it after taking it out of the dishwasher anyway. <laughs> it's still nasty. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't win with the dishwasher sometimes. It's just, is it worth it? I don't know anymore. Supposedly, a full dishwasher uh, saves you water. Oh, I did hear about that. Yeah. So, but then you have to get it to a full dishwasher first. This is true. There is a point. Uh, there's a number of dishes that you put in where it's like the equilibrium point. <laughs> Before the whole dish dish rack just falls apart. <laughs> just gives up. You know, I can't handle this anymore. Before I give up. <laughs> fair fair yes that was our daily dose of first world problems uh and it's not it's not even applicable to most of first world people because because as asians the mentality is you don't even use a dishwasher it's not applicable to many first world asians this is for sure this is 100 (laughs) percent. yeah i did want to circle back though Yes. How how was your trip in New Zealand? Ah, it was pretty good. Um, it was very nostalgic, and I had places that I wanted to revisit. Uh, but I and I tried making a itinerary, but I think for most days we kind of just had the places that we wanted to go in mind, and then just was very chill about it. So for most days we would just wake up. 11 12 and then and then head out 
eat a late lunch and then walk around. So it's not one of those jam-packed itineraries. Um, and I was able to – so we spent most of the first few days in the city because we didn't have um, – like it was just – where we were staying in the Airbnb was quite close to there, so we just walk around. Um, ate at a lot of restaurants that I was that I used to eat when we used to live there. Visited my old house. Um, visited my old primary school, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty chill. Trip I really enjoyed it. Lane. Yeah, I think that was the main theme. Um, I was a bit emotional at times, mostly when I like visited my old house. Um, uh, and my primary school, I was like, oh, a lot of things have changed, but also not a lot of things have changed, which is a bit strange. I was like, right. oh, like, like even the classroom, like the layout, the colors are all still the same, but you know, table, desk, layouts different. Oh, I should probably preface first. Um, I didn't just break into my primary school. <laughs> my primary school has this thing where um, it happened when I was still living there um, that they would have an open gate. And I think it's for either they have weekend programs that run in the hall or so they would just let, you know, have those people going through the gate or you can use the playground or the basketball court just to play around like me and my dad would bring our bikes and just bike around the basketball court or shoot hoops that type of thing um so that is why you can go onto the <laughs> onto Roger, the area. this is why you were <laughs> as an adult back in primary school <laughs> yes yes and i was able to like peer into classrooms as a not creepy gesture mm. yes um so it was nice to just like walk around they like i think they built a whole new fortress on the playground which i was very jealous of um so i don't know it was it was nice to revisit all those memories um in particular i was surprised that um when we went to my old house that one of the neighbors still vaguely remembers us wow yeah so I think that, like, it took a couple of prompting of, like, oh, we used to live here and blah, 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 year. And, like, uh, we know um, the other neighbor that lived behind us. And then she was like, oh, okay. Oh, so you're the family where your daughter plays the piano all the time. And I was like, yeah, oh, my gosh, they do remember us. They're not just saying it to be nice. Um, so that was one encounter. And then when we went to a restaurant, so this was a restaurant. I was begging my parents. I was like, please, we have to find out where this restaurant is. Because it was like one of my favorite restaurants where I would specifically order the same noodle dish every single time. Gotcha. And my parents says, oh, we have no hope that the restaurant's still going to be there because the last time we went before we left, the owner, who was already quite old at the time, he said that he was going to retire soon. So they thought he would have packed up shop immediately restaurants not there i tried searching for the restaurant name based off what i remember i couldn't find it and then i was so desperate i said we're gonna look on google maps and we're gonna go down the street you gotta tell me the directions and we're gonna zoom in on each restaurant and see if it's still there 
So I get them to tell me the directions because they don't know, like they couldn't remember the specific street names. They just knew if we scrolled through on Google Maps what the place yeah. looked like. Yeah. And so eventually we find the the road that it's on and I look at it and, and thinking, oh, the sign of the restaurant isn't there. Hmm, maybe it's packed up. But I zoom in and it instead says it's a Shanghai noodle house and the food that they served before was Shanghai Nee. So I'm like, hmm, interesting. And then I click in on the review pictures and it's still the same flipping place. The place is still open. It just changed names. So that's how we found the place. And then when we go in, the my dad, I was kind of like cringing on the inside because my dad goes up and pulls back the curtain. He's like, hello. Um, like in Chinese, it's like laoban, but I don't know what like the, I don't know, just like, hello, owner, like, chef, do you remember us? Um, and now it's like, oh, come on, man, it's not going to remember us. It's been like 10, 11 years, 10, no, 13 years. Like, this cringe. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't just, like, open up into someone's kitchen and, like, like you know, talk to them. And then and then my mom, she was like, no, oh, come, just sit down. Like, he's not going to remember us. He's just going to, you know, make small talk. Mm-hmm. And then, so he's, like, busy serving other customers that are there. And then eventually all those customers leave and he's, like, talking with us. And then it turns out he does remember us because he remembers, like, the the dishes that we used to order because we always ordered the same thing and then he was like talking about oh what happened you guys like didn't come for ages and know what happened and then they're talking about how you know we moved to australia and all that type of thing so i was like damn bro people remember that's why yeah. okay i was gonna say from from a business point of view or from the the like restaurant owners perspective restaurant owners do remember their regulars really because my parents will remember their regulars from from years ago. Damn. And as long as, like, uh, like you may have cringed in the moment, but, like, as long as there was a rapport before mm-hmm. between, like, the restaurant owner and a customer, that's not actually that cringe. Because, <laughs> yeah. Like, because my parents, like, they they got to know some of their customers pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like some of those customers have moved away, uh, but like, like my parents have gotten a customer a gift before. Oh wow! Be- like because they he moved away uh, eventually, <laughs> but Dang. yeah, it's there's it's not that cringe. It's it's like we we actually they do remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I will I will take that into account next time if I ever do become a regular at a particular place. To not be so self-conscious. Yeah, but uh, did the food live up to all all the oh, expectations of nostalgia? Oh yeah, it was so good. Like we've had Shanghainese food here, but it just did not hit the same. Oh, and I'm sad. I'm sad that I. I mean, unless maybe I go back in like the next couple of years. But who knows? Like he's quite old. I think he said that he's like seventy. Yeah. And and we asked, hey, I thought you said you were gonna retire thirteen years ago. And he was like, 
Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, he he said, um, oh, we also asked because he has a wife. And we asked him, oh, how about your wife? Does she not work? And he says, no, she kind of does her own thing. Like, you know, she'll like go out, hang out with friends or like go take classes or do her own thing. And we're like, yeah. wow. As I like, I that. feel like as I feel like you should be able to do when you're 70. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. But it's also like then he is the only one who's manning the restaurant. Like he, he, he is a one man shop. That's true. Do you feel <laughs> like it was a point of like he just loves it or he needs to? I think maybe it's like a like a half half maybe. Because mm. I mean. Yeah, I feel like it feels like a half-half because he said that he would retire back then, but he still hasn't. So I feel even if you did have to, you could still maybe, I don't know if I could keep going for that many more years. Yeah, because it's it's also like a pretty labor-intensive Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because, I mean, there are also some people that I think they can get to a retiring age, but still need to work or do something mm. i feel like maybe he is that type of person because his restaurant is open for quite long hours as well i think it's 11 a.m to 10 p.m so for him to be doing yeah. it all by himself like he has no other staff just him so he's like cooking cleaning oh, that's uh, intense, waiting man. taking payments etc i mean it's not a big restaurant but still to do it all by yourself it's still a lot to yeah. ask one 70-year-old man. Yeah, and it seems um, not like it's a bumping restaurant, but he does have some people that really... When we were there, there was already two parties, and they're quite young, so I feel like maybe there's a lot of students there who might go and eat there because um, uh, the prices aren't... They're not cheap, cheap, like back in the day, but they're not very expensive so i think it's probably catering to younger people um so probably hence why the late hours as well and he says that he's open every day doesn't really take breaks that's so, crazy maybe so, it's just like how that's how life is for him now yeah that's what i'm thinking it's probably like a mix of uh i'm i'm happy to be doing this um and probably just like Maybe he has a personality that's, oh, I've got to keep working. This I feel fulfilled if I work. This puts my whole intro to this podcast into perspective of, like, I'm complaining of being busy, and I work eight hours a day for five days a week. <laughs> <laughs> and for most of that, I just sit on my butt. And, <laughs> and I'm, like, looking at, looking at a screen. Mm, yeah. I feel, again... First world problems. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really nice to to be able to go back and and eat there. Um and then after a couple like a majority of the trip in Auckland, then we went to Rotorua, which is like the like another small town, maybe two uh two, three hours away. It's like a geothermal town, so it's got the sulfur smell. The rotten egg smell, the hot pools that you can chill in, um, that type of thing. Oh, on the way to Rotorua, we went to Hobbit Town, which was pretty cool. 
Um, I have not watched any of the films. <laughs> is it actually called Hobbiton? Oh, is it like oh, it's where called they Hobbiton. It? Yeah, I keep calling it Hobbiton, but it's Hobbiton technically. Mm-hmm. But yes, it is where they filmed. Um, I, they they give a little bit of a backstory while you're on the bus to the actual set. The set is located on this dude's farm, and his farm is 1,200 something acres. So I like can't even comprehend how big yeah, that is. It just when you're when you're getting to that place, it just looks like just hills, and that's pretty much it. But a majority of it all just this one guy's farm, and yeah. so so apparently how they scouted the place is the location scouts are in a helicopter. They got note from the director saying, okay. For the set, I want a big ash tree. I need a pond or like a lake, a body of water. I need a lot of hills and and valleys, I guess. And then so in the helicopter, they say, "Oh my gosh, look, there's all three things right in this piece of land." Turns out to be this guy's farmland. And so they ask him, "Hey, we need your farm, build a set, film a movie." And he's like, "I bet you can use it. Let's become business partners." And so. They built uh, the set for the Lord of the Rings films, and then I think they took it down, and then they had to rebuild it for The Hobbit, the Hobbit. I think. Yeah, and then eventually they're like, how about we make it a permanent thing? And then so they um, they made it better with more permanent, long-standing materials. Mm. And uh, originally... They have the Hobbit holes there, but you can't go inside. They don't have anything inside. But they said as of this year, they took down three of the Hobbit holes and they're rebuilding it such that end of this year, um, you will be able to go inside and see what the Hobbit holes look like. Oh, like in the movies. Yeah, yeah. So their living quarters and all of that, which I think is exciting originally i because they have they have that note and disclaimer on their website when you're purchasing the tickets and so initially i thought oh is there any point in going if if um the main hobbit holes are going to be pulled down for construction but then i read all the reviews and they said oh no it's still a really nice place to go to still really pretty if you go on a nice day etc it's nice to um hear the tour guides talk about the behind the scenes and how they created the illusions of um, hobbit-sized people and regular people and in fact actually they said on on the website that the tickets are going to increase in price once the project is done so I was like oh, I'm probably not going to come back here so I might as well get the cheaper ticket that's fair mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have a huge affinity for Lord of the Rings, then it's like, yeah, you you get the experience while you're there, but it's mm. like not a, you you won't come back. Yeah, I I am now more interested in watching the films. Um, so I have put that on my to do list, but I'm definitely you know, <laughs> there's these um. There's these two people from 
America that were there on their honeymoon and they were obsessed with with Lord of the Rings and stuff. So it seems like they definitely got more of a kick out of it and appreciation than me, who's just, wow, look at all these different sized doors. How cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's like tiny clothes on that tiny clothes hanger. That's crazy. Good for I'm happy for them. Yeah. That, they made it for them. <laughs> But yeah, that was very fun. Um, and then we went to Rotorua. Um, Rotorua, I specifically wanted to ride the luge. That was my my top bucket list activity, which is basically just a toboggan sled that you can pull on the handle to go faster or slower. And you ride okay. it down um, a mountain, basically. Yes. Um, so I was tossing up because it's kind of expensive so you have to take a cable car up to the mountain in order to ride down it and then that's how it works so they said one return trip on the gondola or cable car and you can have um one luge ride that's the package is 57 dollars and but if you want to do um the gondola ride plus three luge rides it's 70 two dollars and so i was tossing up like do i want to ride it once or do i want to ride it three times and i was going to decide on the day depending on how much money i had already spent on the trip okay i get there i'm like oh you know what i already spent a lot of money on this trip i'll do the one ride very sad but i've got to save money yeah and then so i go up to the top I'm looking at all the different tracks that I can go on and I um, I decide, okay, I want to go on the track that is newly built and they said that it's designated for speed. Mm-hmm. And so I get onto the, onto the luge, the little sled thing, and they have all these signs to say, okay, so which track is... Um, so they have a left and a right and they have signs designating like, Oh, if you want to go on this track, then you turn right. If you want to go this track, you turn left. And so I kind of just looked at the sign and I was like, oh, looks like the orange is on the left side. I'm going to go on the left side. I go on the left side and I'm like, hmm, this doesn't look like I'm going very fast. In fact, why is it taking much longer than usual? It's because I went on the scenic ride (laughs) and I went on the wrong track. And when I came up, so... The luge probably like goes that halfway down the mountain or like a third down the mountain and then you take a ski lift back to the top. So when I got to the top of the ski lift, I look over at the signs and yes, the orange sign is on the left, but the arrow on the very corner of it is pointing to the right. So Oh, that's misleading. So <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? And then so I had to think about it because did I really want to pay which is another single luge ride ticket, which is now $24 for one one extra ride? Yeah. Which would mean that I'm paying more than if I just initially bought three luge rides at the bottom. Yeah. I was really upset, so I ended up buying an extra oh, luge Oh, you did it? Ride. I was so upset. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh. So this time, I was like, okay, I'm going to go on the right. There's yeah. no other option. I'm mm-hmm. guaranteed to go on the right track this time. 
I go to the right, and then that right track then splits into two. I'm like, oh no, which one do I go on? And there's two people in front of me, and they take the right fork of the right track. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm just gonna follow them because two people are going on it, so it seems quite popular. <laughs> And instead, I look at the map eventually, and it's the blue track, which is known for just having a lot of twists and turns. And I'm like, God damn it, I didn't go on the right track again! But at that point, it was still pretty fun. Um, and I passed through some tunnels, and one of the tunnels said, once is never enough. And I got a bit salty at that, because it's like, yes, it's not enough. And I should have known. And I paid you more money than was necessary. They got you. I know. They really got me. I looked for it to see if there was... Because um, that place is a like a franchise, I think. And they have places in other... They have those luge rides in other places. So they have another one in Queenstown, New Zealand. But I think they also have places in Singapore and Korea... And so I was looking to see if they had one in Australia, and they don't. <sighs> so I won't be going back there. They took too much of my money, and now I'm salty. But you could go back and then get the three rides. And I then... That's true. I, I mean, that's true. It's, all, it's my fault that I was dumb, and I didn't look at the signs properly. But <laughs> Well, I mean, how often do you go back to New Zealand? Um, not often. This is probably our first trip back since 2013. Wow, so 10 years. Yeah. Like, this trip was more the nostalgic trip. Like, even though we left in 2010 and then we went in 2013, um, I think we did some of, we ate at some of our favorite places, but just the ones in the city. And we had other like my grandparents came with us so they had things that they wanted to do so it wasn't particularly just reliving the good memories had some other purposes to it as well so yeah it's been a long time so I was kind of surprised to see that a lot of the things that I wanted to to visit were still there that's sweet at least yeah well that's fun yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and yeah, had a had a hit of nostalgia. Yeah, I think that was the primary theme that I got from the trip. I think about uh, how, because like people go and visit their childhood homes when they like move out, right? <laughs> and I think about how, for someone like me, I like literally cannot do that anymore. Because <laughs> I'm living in the same location, mm-hmm. but it is just a different house now. Mm. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I'll feel in ten years' time, where I'm like, my childhood home technically no longer exists. <laughs> I can, unless I go back a, in time. Yeah, you just have a childhood location. <laughs> I do, and I like yeah. I've I have childhood experiences and like childhood places that I hold dear, but like the the place that I grew up does not exist. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But uh, I did also remember one thing about 
when you were talking about how you like remember your neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. So we all this is complete tangent. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we also have uh, neighbors behind our house, mm-hmm. and uh, they are also currently in the middle of doing a knockdown rebuild. Oh. Um, and mm-hmm. so what they have done is because our house, uh, if you imagine a hill, mm-hmm. our house is like towards the bottom of the hill. And then uh, the house behind yeah. us is towards the top of the hill. Yeah. Now, what they have done is they've knocked down the house, but then they have also dug into the hill such that the bottom is now level with our house. Does that make sense? So wouldn't that kind of mean that it's almost a three-story house? Yeah, it's going to be a tall house. Yeah. I think it's like, I, I don't actually know what they're making there. But they, it's a, they've dug a lot of dirt out. Wait, um, so is that, would that section of the house just be almost a basement type thing? Because it's in the ground. Or are yeah. they, or is it a foundational thing that they had to dig up? All no, of that? it's and definitely it, not a foundational thing. Oh, so they're, so they're intending to put like a level of the house there. Yeah, they're for sure building something. Uh, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what, but they're building something there. Okay. But That's the, 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 we like. <laughs> the point I'm trying to get across here is that it's they've dug a deep hole, mm-hmm. and so for them to get uh for them to like get down to the the floor of like to start building whatever it is that they're building, mm-hmm. um there's like a lot of tall scaffolding, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of a trek to um to like get down there mm-hmm. and so we've kind of had some beef with the builders for that site uh, mm-hmm. a little bit because they've done like a couple of things that are just like in in total uh, i guess they have been kind of consequential but like they've just been like things that have annoyed us so like <laughs> for example um like they would do a lot of digging uh, mm-hmm. particularly when it was, like, raining for a long time, if you remember, like, a couple months mm-hmm. ago. And so part of that, when they were, like, drilling into the ground, was there would be, like, mud that like, just sort of flew um, into our backyard. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, got mud everywhere on our on all of our stuff. Oh. Uh, and so that was kind of annoying. Mm. They also have just, like, hopped the fence to just take our hose and to use oh. it in the water, which is like awesome. the builders. Yeah, the builders just sort of hop the fence, and then Wait, what uh, the heck? yeah, that's it, that's also been not chill. Oh, uh, that's, another that's thing some is casual trespassing there. Do uh, this isn't even it's it's just like an accumulation of these types of things. <laughs> um, there was also a thing where they they like messed up part of their drainage system, mm-hmm. uh, and it sort of ended up like. Not super flooding, but semi-flooding uh, my neighbor's backyard, which is... My neighbor is my granddad. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my dad complained. It's like, hey, your your piping is, like, flooding... Because this is when it was still raining. Mm-hmm. Your piping is, like, flooding our, our backyard. And they didn't really do anything about it. Oh. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's all these things. And the most recent thing that has been really quite annoying... Mm-hmm. Is um, is they have ordered more pipes recently, very long pipes, like mm-hmm. 
lengthwise, like it wouldn't even fit in my bedroom. It's okay. like a the very long pipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the reason we know this is because they, they ordered the pipes to be delivered to our house. <laughs> oh no. And the reason we suspect is because they were going to come down to our house to use the pipes and just be like, oh, hey, the pipes are here. Can we just go through your house? Because remember, they've dug all the way so that the ground floor is level with our house. So because they didn't want to take the pipes down the like complex scaffolding that they've got because they're Mm -hmm. very long and it'd just be like really annoying to do. So we suspected that they just got it delivered to our house to like go through our house, thinking so that we would just be chill with that. What the heck? And the point, but the problem, because I remember I was at work and mm-hmm. I just see a WhatsApp message uh, on my phone uh, from my dad in our family group chat and being mm-hmm. like, hey, does anyone know why we have a bunch of pipes in our front lawn? Because <laughs> my dad has a camera for the front lawn that he can I, access through his phone every now and then. Mm-hmm. And my brother, who is at home, just goes out. He's like, no, but, like, the delivery has our address on it. <laughs> and so they we just have all of these pipes in our front lawn. So what we did is when my, my parents came home, my dad, my brother, and I put all of these pipes into the van. It doesn't even fit in the van. So we have, we have like, a third of the pipes sticking out the front window, mm-hmm. another third of the pipes sticking out the the back of the van. Oh my god! And, and we drive all these pipes up to the site to like leave them at the top so that they can deal with it to take down this the scaffolding. Damn. Well, that's very nice of you to even bother transporting the pipes. Oh, okay. So this was <laughs> this was purely because uh, my dad is is just like a when when he has a problem he's just like a very like, only about solving the problem. I am very petty. Yeah. While, while they were, like, transporting, I was thinking about ways I could make these pipes the most annoying thing for these daughters <laughs> as possible. I you was, like... You can dents in it. No, yeah. Okay. So, so these were... The, I, had, I had two main ideas in, like, a 10-minute time span. The first was we could fill them with mud. <laughs> so I was like, I, you could get uh, plenty of dirt around, just put some water on there, fill it with mud. The second idea was, it wasn't that late. We could go to a supermarket, buy a bunch of honey, and coat it in honey. Oh my God. <laughs> These are but quite that, effortful Yes, <laughs> and then I told my dad about this because I was like, I'm very like, I'm just very petty, and I wanna, I wanna make it miserable for these people. <laughs> but my dad was like, oh, if you're really petty, all you would have to do is just drill very small holes in these yeah. pipes, <laughs> and, then, mm-hmm. and they'll just be like, why isn't it working? Why is there a leak? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, or you could just could... dump them all in the large body of water near your house. Okay, well, the... <laughs> I did I did think about that, but also my dad was like it we can't like do anything that's like egregiously bad to them. <laughs> I mean, because... that's true, but like also hey man, I don't know. 
Ozpo's kind of unreliable. It is. But the problem is, is that... Because my first idea was actually to just be like, oh, well, they're ours now. Yeah, <laughs> that's what them. my thought would have been. Hey, man, you delivered it to our house, our property now. But uh, apparently, that's illegal. It's like... Theft. Is it actually? Apparently. Because I think you could argue that it's like it's still something like you, they'll have enough logs to be like oh we did order this thing it just mm-hmm. like ordered it to the wrong address in quotations but then that's their fault that they ordered it to the wrong no address. i know but i think i don't think it holds up in court for us to be like <laughs> oh a bunch of pipes ended up on our property that we didn't order and we just took them anyway <laughs> i think it, i don't know if it quite Hold. It's like I mean, an airtight defense. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. But also, can't you talk to the council about this? Because usually, I don't know. Oh no, I think you said that you had to get council approval to do yep. the construction work and the driveway things and all that. So, and part of that is that they have to talk to all the surrounding people in order. To for them to be okay with them going ahead with the construction. Yes. That, yeah. So could uh, you not just complain to the council being like, hey man, they're not doing a good job. They're literally yeah, we, trespassing on our property. Oh, we definitely could. Uh, I think it's just also a hassle for us to go to the council. I mean, so, that's fair, but I feel like... I think if it does... do some reparation though, especially like about the mud going into your... Area. Yeah. Uh, we we ended up talking to them and we like kind of got them to clean a bunch of it up. Uh, it was still like kind of dirty, but it was mostly fine. Like the we've settled most of the problems up until this point mm-hmm. by now. Uh, but if anything happens again, I think my dad is dead set on just raining the council on them, <laughs> as he should. Yeah. So if Go not full great. Damn. Well, the the two the duality of different types of neighbors. Yes. <laughs> have they been? Have they caused any issues prior to construction? Just as being general, living behind you neighbors. So, it's actually good question. Not the same neighbors, uh, oh. because the the property behind us was for sale for a while. Oh, I see. So I think the original neighbors have moved out. Not that we're particularly close with many of our neighbors at all, mm-hmm. but the original neighbors have moved out. And so um, uh, it's like new people bought the land and then did a knockdown rebuild. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Damn. So these are, these are the woes of my living situation right now. <laughs> Just... Um, neighbor on neighbor, not violence, but just a mini war is brewing. Yeah, domestic <laughs> arguments. <laughs> Territorial. Damn, that's wild. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we have close relationships with our neighbors here. Um, because back in New Zealand, I would go. Um, to my neighbor's house after school and just like chill at her place um she was very lovely she fed me ice cream 
let me watch TV instead of practicing piano. So very easy to win win me over. She also taught me how to knit and do puzzles. Um, here we I used to live in like a it's not really a cul-de-sac, but it's like an area where there's just a lot of houses that look the same, and so hence that's kind of a mini community, and so the neighbors can always see what you're doing, kind of. If you're just out on the lawn, then they'd be like, hey, how's it going? But it's also had this weird energy of mm, kind of like nosiness or like passive aggressiveness or um, or well, we did um, when we first moved there. We were driving to go check out the place, and then when we got out the car, there was a neighbor watering the garden, there the front lawn, sorry. And in that conversation was the casual, "Where are you from?" No, where are you really from? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so that's kind of like the flavor of the neighbors over there. Like they were nice on the outside, but also I feel just like a who, like a little bit of hostility or yeah. passive aggressiveness um here at the new place neighbors i like my only interaction was my mom she she's talked with the neighbors um just to introduce herself and then on christmas she was like hey can you go and give these to the neighbors next door and i was like do i really have to because i don't really want to talk with them she's like no you have to go and so i grabbed a package i ran to the front door i I press the doorbell and I ran away. <laughs> you pranked them. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom, she's like, "Did they get the? Did they? Did they get it?" And I was like, "I don't know. I ran away." She's like, "No, you have to go back and make sure, cause you know it's summer and I think it was chocolate." Said so she didn't want the chocolate to just melt on the doorstep. Oh, and so yeah. I then like went out, peeped over to see if they took it, and then I came back. Is, is does this change if you're an adult now? Oh, I mean, this was last year, Christmas. This is last year, <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> kidding. I have not spoken with the neighbors. <laughs> I can't believe this is last year. This is like a solid six months ago. <laughs> Bro, you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wait why are you just like not confrontational do you don't want to talk to them at all yeah i mean that's basically it i haven't because since we've moved in i've never talked with them my mom she because she stays at home um so she just like gone over introduced herself while i was out um you know done stuff like that and so i've never had any reason to go speak with them so I was just like, it's kind of awkward now. And also, I don't want to speak for someone more than I have to. <laughs> so I was oh like, my Peace. God. goodbye. <laughs> I can't believe it. You know, I understand. I just, I can't believe it. Uh. <laughs> I feel like... Well. I feel like if I was, if I was put in this situation... I felt like I would at least talk to them. I would have gone over. I would have been like, hey, I got your chocolates. <laughs> Here you go. 
See, and that's a mature response. Good on you. <laughs> For being a regular human being. I feel like if I was like a teenager, I probably would have done that. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> I think now it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it's a normal thing to to just be like, hey, like we got your, we've got some chocolates that were for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, it is probably normal. I think it would be more normal if I had spoken to them. Because how long have I been in this place? Like, uh, one and a half? I moved in mid of honors, I think. Oh, yeah. Almost two years? Been a while. Yeah, two years. Yeah, and I've never spoken with the, the neighbors, so I think that's probably why. I think if I spoken with the neighbors like earlier, then I'd be fine. But that's insane, man. Because <laughs> honestly, when I lived in the old place, I always dreaded when the neighbors were out, were out watering their lawns or rolling the wheelie bins. I'm like, no, <laughs> social interaction. <sighs> there were some days where I would, if I saw them out wheeling their bins, I would just continue to walk past the the driveway into our area where we lived and then wait until they went back into their house and then walk and then walk in to get home you know you can just walk by them and not say anything though no but they're especially chatty oh i see I mean, I could, but it's only, like, if I had, like, headphones in, I was, like, or I was, like, running to get home or something, but, like, you know, it's just, some of them, they're still chatty, they'll, like, say things, and I'm, like, oh, I have to take off the headphones now so I can listen to you. Uh, okay, if they're chatty, I, I understand it more. I still think it's insane, but I think it's less insane. Because <laughs> this is my this is my experience, but instead of in my neighborhood, in my place of work, <laughs> because I work uh, in the Matthews building, uh, mm-hmm. and on my level, I work in the room that's like right at the end of the corridor. Mm-hmm. So you know how in in a lot of the the floors in Matthews, it's mm-hmm. just one long corridor, and all of the offices are on like yeah. either side of this mm-hmm. long corridor. So I work right at the end. And so I have to walk past a lot of offices and usually a lot of like people either walking through the corridors or like having a chat at like by the door frame sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I will just like usually uh if no one if I have to walk past someone, I just will politely smile and nod. And give them one of the like, you know, just like one of the hey, how's it going? But like mm-hmm. silently. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The acknowledgement of your presence is here. Exactly. And then occasionally people will say like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if we are like both waiting for an elevator sort of thing. Oh, what? Yeah. Like, so it'd be like, oh. These people though? Or are they kind of just, on, do you know, do you actually know these people or are they just on your floor and you pass by them? No, I they, I just have passed by them. They're just <gasps> on my floor. So this and is how I've met. Conversation? No. Yeah. So th- this is how I've met, uh, like Nathan Holmes. This is how I've met Peter Loverbond. Oh. It, I just like have 
Because <laughs> we've just been in that, like, general vicinity of waiting for an elevator. Uh, and <laughs> just like, oh. Because usually the question is, like, oh, hey, like, I, I see you, are, like, walking around. Like, what's your name? Are you a PhD student here? Oh, like, that's, that's the, like, general how we get things started. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think most people just sort of assume that I'm a PhD student when I'm mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'll be like, oh, no, I'm just a research assistant. And I work for Angela Nixon, Belinda Liddell. And then it just sort of goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, an elevator ride is not that long of a conversation. Mm. And I feel like I can... Like, I think everyone is pretty interesting if uh, mm-hmm. if you find the right things to talk about. So... Mm. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it makes sense in this, in this scenario. At first I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, oh, I've seen you, I've seen you around here. Let me strike up conversation, an unfathomable concept to me. Only except for when I was working at Apple, because I think that was just the culture there. So I got used to it very quickly. But after that, after I left, I've never, I have not adopted that. I've gone back to being in my own bubble. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't have to socialize if I don't want to, That's you know, fair. and as a result, my social battery is slightly less drained. Who would have thought? That, that's fair. <laughs> I, I mean, I have those days as well. I think the, the hardest ones for me to navigate are like friends of friends that I've met very briefly before, but like never had a full genuine conversation with, mm. which has happened twice because uh, at least like in in the Matthews building it has happened mm-hmm. twice which oh. is like both times I've sort of had like relatively pleasant but short conversations mm-hmm. but it is also just like oh hey how's it doing it's it it's x right <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Th- those are the most like I don't know if I should engage do you even remember me kind of vibe oh yeah I get what you mean yeah I have a lot of those interactions, especially I, I would say that I'm relatively good at remembering people's faces. So I will often see people and this kind of happens a lot. I think I would say probably since I moved high schools. So when I moved high schools, I moved in senior year, year 11. So year 11 and 12, I will see a lot of people at at this new high school. But obviously, I don't make friends with everyone. I have my small group of friends. And then so uh, I would say probably, you know, a fair number of those people from that high school go to UNSW. Um, So I'll just see them, but I will recognize their face. And then they'll look at me and I'm like, "Mm, okay, I won't engage because if they remember me, they will engage. I will not engage first. Yeah. That is not the strat for me. See, I think Nelson has a full a foolproof strategy for when he does and does not want to talk with people that he may know. Mm-hmm. Is that he will just take off his glasses. And if he recognizes them and wants to talk to them, then he'll just go up to talk to them. Oh, if he I doesn't, see. and they come up to them and be like, oh, hey, why didn't you come up and talk to me? It'd be like, oh... Forgot my glasses today. Just couldn't see you. Like, couldn't, couldn't <laughs> recognize you. <laughs> and he could get away with it because he's pretty blind without them. <laughs> mm, mm. That's not a bad strat. 
I can't do that though. That's the problem. This is the one flaw of, <laughs> of having oh, twenty okay. vision. <laughs> First world problem strike yet again. I having know. good vision. <laughs> having good vision, meaning I have to talk to people when I recognize them. <laughs> Are you usually the elicitor of conversation if you recognize a person? Because sometimes I'll just stare at them and then they'll stare back and then I'll just keep going because they didn't start conversation. It's Oh, that's a great question. I think it really depends on the context. I think sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's probably fifty-fifty. I think sometimes I am the initiator. Mm-hmm. I think other times I am, I am you, where I just stand there, stare at them. They stare at me. We give a a silent gesture of of recognition, mm-hmm. and we go our separate ways. Mm, I see. Yeah, I the, think if it's oh, keep going. This. This I just wanted to. This happens with, <laughs> with like one guy particularly, uh, who, who I've always sort of known of, because he always pops up in like my friends' recommendations, mm-hmm. but also my LinkedIn recommendations, <laughs> which is weird because I already don't go on LinkedIn really ever. <laughs> <laughs> and um but i also know of him because he uh is friends or like knows jackie okay i see and so, and so he keeps popping up and he goes to my gym <laughs> and so we only have this moment occasionally where we like have these very brief conversations at the gym mm-hmm. uh and like that's that's it. But um, then I also occasionally see him at uni because he mm-hmm. also does psych. <laughs> oh, okay. Like I definitely saw him uh at someone's grad. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably Angelina's grad. Uh like mm-hmm. Angelina Wilshaw's grad. Like he was there and we did the the silent <laughs> with the fedora sort of. Thing. <laughs> yep, yep. But yeah, it's like I only ever talk to him at the gym, and oh, that's it. And that's only sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you get the, you get to, the oh, what is the word? Sometimes you get to bask in my presence. Sometimes no. Yeah. Damn. It's very contextual. I see. I guess that makes sense. I would be, because most of the time when I see people or recognize people, it's on the street or at uni while we're walking so obviously most times i'm not gonna just stop and like hello um but i think probably the only time maybe when i would elicit a conversation is if they're the if i'm in like an awkward situation because i'm by myself i'm like oh my gosh there's someone <laughs> that i vaguely know save yes, me <laughs> saved I think this was kind of like Richard when I went to top 100 because I have never spoken with Richard beforehand. Yeah. Even though we did marketing, like he was just always your friend and like you are the the middle person that we both know. And then it was only until I was like, oh my gosh, this is someone that I I vaguely know. (laughs) And that is how... I tangentially know. Yeah. And then that's how conversation started because i didn't know anyone else um at the at top 100 so that's probably the only example 
of when I would be welcome to engaging with vaguely familiar people. Interesting. I feel like my my job has made me better at engaging with strangers. Mm. Just be just out of pure exposure to it. Mm. So I think I'm a lot more comfortable just like talking to people and like striking a conversation with randoms. The only problem is I am terrible at it at parties because <laughs> at parties usually everyone else already knows someone else mm. and they've like already formed these like groups of conversation and it's hard to interject because i also have a thing about trying to really not interrupt people when they speak oh and i i have i that. like yeah. i i don't like interjecting myself uh where it doesn't feel like i mm-hmm. belong or am needed mm-hmm. so at parties it's really hard but if i'm like if I'm required to just have, like, a one-on-one conversation with a stranger, I find that fine. Oh, uh, I see. I mean, I I think I would be okay with it. I just don't like starting because mm. cause it, I always have the thought. I mean, probably it's, a, it's just a me thought that I'm being too self-conscious. But I don't like starting because I don't know if the other person wants to engage because I have been on the receiving end of, I don't want to engage right now. Yeah, that's and fair. So that's why I'm like, okay, if a person really wants to engage, I will leave myself to be open to it. And if they would like to engage, I will engage back because it's showing a sign of interest. Um, I went like once that starts, I think I have gotten better at maintaining conversation. Before I was pretty bad at it because I would always be struggling thing finding questions to ask or things to talk about. But I think I've gotten a bit better at it. In with the interrupting thing, I resonate so hard, especially in the program. So whenever we do workshops, um, you know, they've just totally forgotten the raise your hand to speak. It's just Whoever speaks first gets mm. the CP. Yep. And so, but I don't like doing that because how I gauge when it's my turn to talk is once the conversation dies down and there's a beat and then I go. Yeah. But people, people haven't even finished speaking yet. At the last word, the next person's already starting their sentence. I'm like, how do you? How, how do you converse with people like this? The person hasn't finished speaking yet. I don't like it. But And also my brain doesn't process that quickly. I need time to form coherent thoughts. So, so I will still do like a tiny hand raise just to catch people's attention. But one of the supervisors has said like, you just got to go. The hand raising does nothing. I'm like, what? It was a perfectly good system. Why have we abandoned it the system? A, it, it's a what? great system. I, I'm on your side. Oh my god! I feel this exact way at lab meetings that we have. Mm. Like, because when when we have lab meetings, uh, at uh, like I guess for me at work, it's like one. I agree. My brain is doesn't work that fast, man. Like you guys got to slow down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like. I think it's, like, not out of uh, narcissism. It's just everyone, at least I feel, at the lab meeting, has something valuable that they want to contribute, 
and they just mm-hmm. want to get it out while yeah. the topic is in that area of conversation. Yeah. Uh, and it's like trying to contribute into this greater, like to make whatever we're talking about a better and more fruitful discussion. But I'm trying to think about what to say to the thing that you said three sentences yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> it's always, uh, yeah, just to go back to what you were saying before, here is my, my comment that I've thought of five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. So this is why at lab meetings, I'm like nearly silent throughout the whole thing. And then if it's like a presentation for someone, uh, if I've had like any meaningful thought about it, that hasn't already been said. <laughs> yeah, then that's I'll just like message them later. Ah, uh, that's a good strat. Yeah, it's always it's always I have no thoughts right now, and then if I did, someone faster has already said it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, I have nothing my brain else is to too add. Too slow. I know. They, maybe really... they need to present and also play subway surfers. Oh, <laughs> honestly. Because um, we talk about this at the clinic, we always make jokes about it, and and I have a friend who says, oh, this is too stimulating for me, I don't like those types of videos. She doesn't have ADHD. I sometimes think maybe I just have undiagnosed ADHD, because I need the subway surface sometimes. We're, we're overstimulated as a generation. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't... like. I'm not saying that I need specifically subway surfers, but honestly, I look at some of the activities I'm doing, you know, I'm, for example, I'm playing a game. I need a podcast in the back. And while I'm waiting for the game to load, I'm watching TikToks. Dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> I saw, I saw this video and it gave me, it actually gave me brain rot because <laughs> it's a video of this guy, you know, the, um, the smart, the, not the flip, the other the one, the fold, the mm-hmm. fold. Yeah. How it's like it's just a it's a smartphone, but then there's two of them. Oh, oh, I I think I seen the is on TikTok and he's like playing Subway Surfer and doing something. Dude, oh, he's no, got he... like six apps open <laughs> on his phone, and I'm like, this is this is too much. This is actually like the the worms have got to you. It, they're in they're wriggling in your brain. You got six worms up in there, and they're all controlling one application. <laughs> like. It was insane. Yeah. So, I don't know. I sometimes wonder, have I given myself ADHD? It's just, it's real bad, man. <laughs> There's too much content in the world. <laughs> it really is, honestly. Like, I was doing a workshop yesterday. It was about alcohol and drugs. And it was a, like, it was a different person, not one of the supervisors taking it. And I was actually really interested in the workshop. But for it still happens, even if I'm interested, I still sometimes feel sleepy. And yeah. I tried really hard because <laughs> it's not just the everyone, you know, feels sleepy. But for me, it's the my eyes actually start to close and I struggle to keep them away. And so I tried really hard to focus in on this one. But then she played a video, and it was about a 44-minute video about different people and experiences with drugs and whatnot. I had to take a tactical nap during that video because I was just too tired. Uh, (laughs) It was a good video, too. But I was just like, let me just close my eyes and listen to the video like it's a podcast. And then um, because there's four people's stories, so I listened to the first two. 
I listened to the beginning of the third. I knocked out for like five minutes and then zoned back in at the four. This is bad for us. <laughs> I swear it's not because I'm t- it's not because I'm not interested. I just <laughs> tired. I just <laughs> I need more breaks. You need. There's <laughs> too much content. It really is. Try, it can't like, absorb it all. No. Um, it's pretty bad. And at the end, so we had it from nine to four. And at the end, everyone was like, yeah, we still got clinic work to do. So we left the, so we had the workshop at the clinic. So we left the group room, which is the big room where we did the workshop and then proceeded to walk to the back into the computer room to do work. And it was all just so sad that we were leaving a workshop and continuing to do work while our brains are dead. Oh, that's rough. Ah, but tis the life. Tis the life. Unfortunately, we put ourselves into these circumstances. Yeah. Well, what do you say we wrap up this content? Yeah. And you guys can all get some good rest, well needed. Take a break from us. (laughs) (laughs) From a longer than usual episode since we've move to one hour episodes yeah well i don't even know how long we're shooting for these days sort of go (laughs) just go for the flow yeah fair enough well we will catch you all in the next episode hopefully monthly but we will see how it goes (laughs) yeah i i live on a day-to-day basis at this point (laughs) no other thoughts head empty so empty (laughs) alright we'll catch everyone in the next episode then goodbye laters